Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, guys, and welcome along to today's podcast. This is a DGS health and fitness podcast brought to you by me, David Simpson from DGS Health and Fitness. Today's guest is a former striker, started off at Arnold Town before moving on to Middlesbrough who were in the Premier League at the time, joining Carlisle on loan, Northampton, Northampton again full time and Hartlepool, Cheltenham, Shrewsbury and a few other clubs to boot. Today's guest I would like to say is Chris Freestone. Welcome along Chris. Hello, can you hear me? Hi mate, alright. Hey, but yeah, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Sorry yeah, about yeah. that, it went to the uh, junk mail. I couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah, no bother, mate. Thanks for being on the show today, really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Yeah, so um, first of all, I'd just like to say, um, obviously, I don't know if you watched the game the other day, I know you had a little spell at Hartlepool, um, and I'd like to say congratulations to them. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was really happy, really happy. Yeah, it was good to see them back get back in the football league. I think it's they've deserved it really. So yeah, just like to say congratulations to them myself. Yeah, I thought they were. Uh, I thought they were very good. I was really happy when they scored the first goal, and obviously, I mean, it can take a lot out of the sales. Yeah, especially with a, a, a late equaliser, and then to go to penalties as well. Um, yeah, penalties was nerve wracking. Outstanding. <laughs> Yeah, just another thing as well. Um, obviously, it was sad to hear of uh, Alan Miller's passing a couple of weeks ago. I know you had a bit of a spell at Middlesbrough with him. Uh, just wondered what you were thinking about that, really. Obviously, it was I, quite I sad, didn't know. It's the first I've heard. No. Yeah, I've I seen it a couple. It was, I think, it was about two weeks ago, actually. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but uh, obviously, it was quite, quite a shock to hear that, really. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> Yeah, bit of a, a surprise. You know, I hadn't heard, hadn't heard anything at all, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think he's, what, 50, 51, so it's no age at all, really. No, not at all. So, yeah. Just because I'm 49, I'm not far behind him. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a heart attack or something. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of a shock, really, to hear that, yeah. Oh, actually, oh, no. yeah, I did it. Sorry. Yeah, completely forgot. Yeah. Uh yeah, I guess still not processed it properly, to be honest with you. I mean, I've only seen him a few, well, a few years ago, the last time I was up up that way. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's still not stuck that, you know, anybody that you, you know, especially who, that you've played with for, for a few years is is no longer with us. It's, um, yeah, I actually completely forgot all about it, to be honest with you. It sounded as weird as it sounds. It's just a strange feeling. Yeah, especially as you say, he's not really, you know, a sort of age at all, really, is he? 50, 51? No, so. it's... Not something shock. you think about. You know, it's just, just you know, no longer with us. Just weird. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And so yeah, I'd just like to pass on my condolences to his family as well. So, oh, definitely. Make a, point, make a point of saying that. Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll get on with the uh, with the, the main point. So first of all, I'd just like to say um, thanks for joining me today. And uh, the first question I'll go on with is, what was your memories of uh, growing up in Nottingham as a young lad? You know, like playing football and things like that. What's your earliest memories? Oh, it's just you know, just kicking around, playing on the park really with a uh, with the friends, and um, just always wanting to to play at the highest level possible. But mostly, just you know, my mum used to have to drag me in off the park. You know, we used to play uh, just with a few lads, and then by the time I'd gone in, I'd be dinner, come back out. It was about twenty five aside on the park, no rules. 
um, make your own rules as you as you play. You know, all, all the things that are sort of missing from the game with the kids on the part these days. It's just, um, yeah, it was just fun, just fun, enjoyable, and you know, just having that kick around and then and then playing, you know, a bit more structured with the local teams and just really just really enjoying it. Just wanted to play as much as possible. Yeah, I think like memories, like we all have as kids, you know, growing up and playing on the fields, jumping for a goalpost and all that carry on. Yeah, it's strange when you talk to, to kids, they don't get it. You know, they don't understand it. They all want, you know, the, the goals, they all want to play on 3Gs and all that sort of stuff now. It was like, it's him. for me, I, I didn't care if it was on concrete in a car park, um, you know, on three foot high grass muddy pitches, it, it didn't matter. It was just a game of football and it, it was just fun and enjoyable, you know. And the, you, Like, and you make your own rules up, don't you? I mean, somebody has small goals, somebody has big goals. It makes no difference. Who, gives, who, who cares? You know, it's just uh, just that fun and, fun and enjoyment side of it, I think. Yeah, it was all like next goal, the winner, then the next goal. It was always the next goal after that nearly be there till midnight. Until <laughs> yeah, your team scored. Until yeah, you won. Till you won, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so did you always have ambitions of being a footballer then or was there some other career path that you wanted to follow when you were little? No, well, I had, I had two uh, two hobbies, two goals really, I guess, um, to play at, um, to play professional and to, to play at Wembley, which is obviously the old Wembley. Um, so back then, obviously, it was, it was finals only. You had to earn the right to play at Wembley. You know, even semi-finals were played at uh, Old Trafford and, and Villa Park and things like that. So to play at Wembley, you basically had to be the best. Um, so for me, it was always one to be a professional footballer first and then just to go and play at Wembley would have been a dream, Yeah, which, which I, I achieved both. So I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah, happy days, eh? Yeah, uh, definitely. Yes. So can you remember your very first football coach then when you were young? Um. To be honest, we didn't really we didn't really have coaches. It was like parents, you yeah. know, they were so structured now, it wasn't everybody's have got to have qualifications. It was parents of, of one of the kids that was playing that you know that gave their um they gave their time to, to do that sort of stuff. So it, I went through a few a few of them. Um and then as I was getting older, they they become you know more ex players and then ex professionals as I was going through the sort of uh, non-league route um, but when I was younger it was just literally you know a parent of somebody that probably played football when they were when they were younger and just managed to take the team because nobody else would do it yeah <laughs> I guess it still happens now but yeah it, that's that's how it was then I guess yeah so so which team did you support when you were growing up then oh Forest Forest yeah I was, yeah, I was a massive Nottingham Forest fan you know, I, I had the posters and everything. I just used to watch them. And obviously, around my era, it was when they won the European Cup twice. Yeah. 79-80. Uh, um, but my dad was always a Notts County fan. <laughs> so I always got Notts County kits for Christmas. So in the end, uh, I sort of followed them as well. So I had no choice. But I, I was I was a, more of a Forest fan, but I got the uh, Notts County kits instead. Yeah. Yeah, obviously that would have been a good time being the Nottingham Forest fan because that was like you say they had the the finals and the did they won the league in that at that time as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, the Clough era. It was yeah. uh, it was amazing. It was a brilliant time. Obviously, you know, as a small place, winning a huge competition, um, you don't realise it at the time, but when you look back on it now, it's such a massive achievement for the for the sort of players that they had as well. For a small club like uh, Nottingham Forest to go that far and then, then and then to do it again, it was it was massive and a great time in Notts. I was only I was only eight eight nine years old anyway, so you know for me it was just just a game of football on the telly and didn't really mean as much as it it would do nowadays, I guess. Yeah, so can you remember the first game that you went to then? Um, that would have been a would have been a Forest game as well. So I, I used to play for um, so. They didn't used to have academies. I sound really old when I say that. They didn't used to have academies. I played for a team called uh, JCS Garages on a Sunday, which were linked to Nottingham Forest. So we used to get tickets as, as being part of that team. So the, the, all, our, all our team used to go and watch some of the Forest games when we were younger. So they, they were sort of that was sort of it then. So, uh, yeah, we didn't, didn't really go anywhere else. It was just getting free tickets and then going to Forest. Poor kids as we were growing up. 
such a rough neighborhood and rough childhood that I had. Um, no, but it was great. And um, to, to, to have the opportunity to go to the city ground, especially with uh, the team and, and a lot of friends then as well, it was brilliant. It's really good. Yeah. So when did you sort of realise that football was what you were going to do then? Was it like a quite young age? <laughs> always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. When people used to ask me what I was going to do, it was always going to be a footballer. Um, hard route, difficult route, long route to get to. Um, but that was all I ever wanted to do. And I set my mind on that. And, you know, and it took me till I was 24 to get there. But I got there in the end. Yeah. You still lived the dream, didn't you? So, yeah, um, so you started off at Arnold Town. Is that like a local uh, non-league team in in your area? Then is it in Nottingham? Yeah, that was that was the one where I left to go to Middlesbrough. Yeah, um, I was at uh, a team that was higher up in the league called Eastwood Town, which was one of the the bigger clubs around the town uh, at the time. Um, and then I sort of dropped down about four or five leagues. Played for a, a team called Keyworth, which was another local team, and then uh, I went to a team called Plessy. Well, it sounds complicated, doesn't it? And then the, uh, the manager left Plessy to go to Arnold and he took me with him. And then from right. Arnold, uh, obviously, I had a few trials here, there and everywhere and then uh, ended up at, uh, at the Borough. Yeah, so, so when did you first hear of uh, the interest from Middlesbrough then? To be honest with you, not until, um, not until the day before I signed. Yeah. You know, I, I had, um, while I was at Arnold, I'd had a few trials. I had trials at Forest Leeds, Notts County and a few others. I never got a definitive answer out of any of them. It was always maybe we'll have you back, we'll have another look at you. Um, and apparently Middlesbrough come and watch me seven times, I believe, play for Arnold. Um, and the last time they, they come and watch me on the Saturday, uh, we won 10-1 and I scored seven. And I signed on the Monday. So I basically yeah. got a phone call on Sunday asking me what I was doing on the Monday. And, and then that was it. I went up, travelled up there and, uh, and signed. And then on, on the way home, uh, I got a call from Birmingham. Barry Fry wanted to wanted to sign me as well, but I'd obviously already put pen to paper with Middlesbrough. So it's uh, as strange as it sounds, uh, it does happen. Um, but you wait for 24 years to, to turn pro and two come on the same day. It's strange. Yeah. So do you, is that when you signed your first pro contract then pretty much straight away with Middlesbrough, was that? Yeah. Yeah. The, two years two-year contract I got there, uh, predominantly to play with the the reserves because they were building a reserve side. Yeah. That they wanted everybody around, you know, similar sort of age, similar sort of money, um, and, and to build a, a reserve side that could go and win the, the Pontes League and then uh, hopefully get some players to break through into the, the first team from there. But that was the idea at the time. And it was it was great. I was, I was more than happy, you know, and it was... Uh, Obviously, then the, the goal from there is just to try and break into the first team from there. Yeah, yeah it was it was, uh, it was brilliant. Yeah, so I take it the negotiations were fairly easy then when they were offered you like a professional contract. Oh yeah, I had a sign for whatever they offered me. To be honest with you, we, we have to yeah. talk, we had to discuss. Um, but I, I'd have just walked in there and just said, "Yeah, whatever," uh, yeah. And, and signed there and then. But my uh, my manager from Arnold, Ian McCulloch, he came up with me, so he helped with the, the negotiations there because. He knows I would have just said yes to anything. Yeah. <laughs> so he sorted it out for me, to be honest. I just sat there and smiling. <laughs> yeah, so when you went to Middlesbrough then, you mentioned the uh, the reserves. I know they had players like uh, Andy Campbell. I don't know if Alan Moore was there. There was, there was players like that, younger players. Yeah. Um, so you initially went into the reserves. I think you scored quite a lot of goals in the... It was about, around about two seasons in total before you got yeah, the first it was, team. Yeah, it was... Uh, apparently somebody told me... I'd, I'd have, I thought I averaged a goal a game, but somebody said I averaged something like one point four or five goals a game or something in the three years I was there. First team and reserves. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, there was people like, obviously Alan Miller was, was playing in and out, in and out the side at the time, Ben Roberts, uh, Graham Kavanagh and Alan Moore and Kurt Fleming in and out, John Endry in and out, Paul Wilkinson in and out, Jaime Moreno, I could go on. There was, Absolutely loads at the time. And, um, you know, Mickey Barron was there, Craig Little, and amazing squad. Um, yeah, and, and we and we won that league as well. So that was that was a that was a brilliant feeling to be part of that as well. Um, but I had a fantastic time in year. And you mentioned Andy Campbell, obviously he was he was coming through, it was probably about 16 then at, yeah. at the time coming through. So brilliant. I still keep in touch with him. He's probably 
one of the only people I still keep in touch with more than more than anybody else. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic period. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, they, they had quite a, a good reserve side. That's it. Like you say, Andy Campbell. I know there's between yourself and Andy Campbell, two sort of like the strikers in the reserves. We were always big hopes for you to get into the first team. That was, I think yeah. that was before we had like the likes of Ravanelli and you know them sort of them sort of players. Yeah, it was it was difficult for us um, because when I first signed, we had about seven strikers on the books when we were still at Airsoft Park, um, and literally I think me and Andy Campbell were right down at the bottom, obviously around seven, seven and eight. Um, and then by the time we moved to the Riverside, it was about three or four of us left, which was was, was a great opportunity for, for myself and Andy as well. But then the formation changed and we went to play one up front. So that made it even harder for us again to, to try and break into there, obviously in front of Rav and then Mikel Beck and Jan, Jan Fjortov as well. Um, so it, it got a little bit harder again with only the, the one striker up, up the top there. But uh, we did what we did and we tried as best to, to try and break in as, as much as we could. Yeah. So you say, obviously, from there, you, you went on to make your first team debut. I think, can you remember who your actual, your first team debut was against? Uh, it was, uh, I played 20 minutes uh, the last game of the season at uh, Tranmere, Tranmere away. Um, so that, that was my first appearance. The season we won the... Uh, was it? It was Division One then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was before the championship, or, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it was the season we won that. So it was basically that was my first season, 95, 94-95, when I first signed. So I broke into the first team by the end of that season. So I signed in I signed Christmas Eve, I think, just before Christmas Eve. Uh end of the season. I, I yeah, I made my debut at uh, Tranmere. So I was I was buzzing in for pre-season and then yeah, sort of took a step backwards a little bit. Yeah, did uh, did Viv Anderson? Or I'm sure Brian Robson, one of them, or maybe both of them played in that game. I think was that a draw? Yeah, I think uh, Jan scored. Uh, we drew one-one. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think both Viv and uh, Robbo both played in that one. I know we was uh, we was getting down to the bare bones again. So yeah, yeah they, they both they both threw a shirt on and pulled, pulled the boot, boots out. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned there, so we got promoted that season and uh, you made your first your full debut. Was that against Sheffield Wednesday? Sheffield yeah, Wednesday, yeah. Um, and didn't you actually score in that game as well? Yeah, uh, one assist and a goal. So I'm claiming the assist as well. So I set, yeah. Jan scored twice uh, and I scored the other one. We 3-1 uh, it was. 3-1, yeah. Which was a great game live on Sky as well, which was fantastic. So all the family were watching that as well, which was brilliant. Yeah. So Andy what... Campbell made his debut as well, same day. Yeah, yeah, I remember it actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so what can you remember about the day then and the build-up and obviously when you found out you were you were going to be starting the game? Well, we, we trained trained all week, as as you do, and, um, you know, it was the, the, the team was never mentioned. Um, we normally name, name the team on the day. Um, so I wasn't really aware, but I think some were because I was at... Um, can't remember the name of Le- there's a leisure center that was quite close to the ground we was in there um and i was basically sat in a jacuzzi chilling after training um and nick barmby came in i think nick barmby came in and he just said to me what are you doing in here so i'm chilling after training relaxing why he says you've got a game tomorrow and i went no i haven't because obviously you know not been playing not been told anything and then yeah apparently he knew he knew before I knew that I was playing, so yeah, I, I had to get out and um, still, I still didn't know for definite, but I had to prepare like I was going to play. So it was a uh, very little build up to it, to be honest with you. It was, uh, but it was great, you know. And then it just allowed me to go out there and, and do what I do and play football and just go and enjoy it. Yeah, um, so obviously that that was a quite of a starting to a big bigger and better things for Middlesbrough like the likes of Ravenelli and players like that came and uh, what was it like to be in sort of in the squad with players like that and like the Janino or Emerson? Janino was uh, as everybody knows he was world class and a nice guy that went with it. You know he was uh, he was a genuine fella. He still is now. Last time I saw him, um, I don't think he'll ever change. I think the people you are who you are. Yeah. Um, and he was uh, he was fantastic. He was always smiling he was always happy you know um, 
Emerson, same, nice, genuine guy. I know he had his few problems here, there and everywhere, homesickness and all that sort of stuff, but he was brilliant. You know, in training, absolute beast. He was a, he was a unit, absolute, built like a unit. But he was a funny guy as well. You know, so to have them sort of people in, in that dressing room, um, people always talked about there was a bit of a split between foreigners and English players, but that's a load of rubbish. Yeah. Never was. You know, there was... You, you talk who you talk to, you mix who you mix with, you know, and, and I think people on the outside just assume that, you know, you've got your English lads over here and you've got your foreign lads over here and there's a problem here. And there was no, never any problems in our dressing room. It was all good. It was all fine. But um, to see them in training and the way they looked after themselves and the way they approached training compared to how we would do uh, being in, from England and the way we've always done things was uh, it was a bit of a cool. It was a culture shock, but it was good for us. Yeah, you know, to to have a, a different way of approaching training and trying different things and picking up new things. For me, as a as a young player and Andy Campbell as well as young players, we learn loads, absolutely loads. Probably harder for some of the older players. You know, you like Sir Nigel Pearson, who were a lot older at the time. Yeah. Um, but for myself, being a, a young younger player, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and I it helped me. It, literally changed my game you know playing with people like that which now allows me to play still at 49 which is good I don't have to run around so much <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so, so you've played a few games you played quite a few cup games for Middlesbrough um, I think you know you scored against Barnet in the League Cup um, yeah. did you hope to get more more sort of cup games in particular I just, I just wanted to play you know it didn't, it didn't matter to me whether it was cup games league games obviously we all want to be first team regulars but the players that you had, the players that we had at the time, it's always going to be hard to uh, to get them out or to to replace them, if you like, um, especially as younger players. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know whether this would enter, you know, a manager's thoughts, but it might enter the chairman's thoughts that when players are on ridiculous money, and then you've got a couple of kids instead playing and players on stupid money sitting on the bench probably not go down too well yeah. but my opinion is you know that as a striker if, if I'm scoring goals and somebody's not scoring goals then I should be playing but that was always my view but you know I don't have any I don't have any grudges I was never upset with anybody about it I just wanted to play football to be honest it was a hobby for me you know to get paid for a hobby is an amazing thing and I just wanted to play as much as possible so yeah I, I wanted to play yeah. but at the end of the day, it's a manager's decision and he picks the team. So, you know, and you accept it and it was fine. Yeah, I think, like you say, even like back in them days, the fans just wanted to see that as well. They wanted to see those players who were banging the goals, you know, doing well in the games. They didn't want to always just see the, the players who pits cost £7 million, £20 million, whatever, just for the yeah. sake of them playing, if they were playing a bag of rubbish, to be honest. So, yeah, you always yeah, want to play the farm it, players. It was really, it was like I say, it was difficult, you know. I, I, I played... Actually, when I when I made my debut, I'd scored a lot of goals that season, so I was always banging on the on the gaffer's door. You know, I'd, I'd gone to see him two, three times a week. He must have been fed up with me, to be fair. Um, but it was the only way I could do it. I couldn't think of any other way. I, I did what I did in training. I, I trained well. I played well. I scored goals in the reserves. Um, and all you can do is go and ask if I'm going to get a game, if I'm going to start, if I'm going to get some minutes. Um, and when you get a lot of, you're in my plans, you're in my plans, you're in my plans, which is great. I have to believe in. But then there's, you know, when, you, when you're battling relegation or you're way down the league, I, I can get it. You know, I'm, I'm a coach myself, so I totally understand. Probably then I didn't as much. You know, I was never bitter or anything like that, but I just, like I said, I just wanted to play football and I couldn't understand why I wasn't playing enough. But I still had a fantastic time and I wouldn't change it for anything for the world. Yeah, then, then were the days when players did just want to play. It wasn't always about the pay packet yeah. and, you know, getting the name and lights on the TV and things. They just wanted to play football. Definitely. Yeah, so you, you played a few games, like like uh, we mentioned in the Cup there. You were involved in the FA Cup semi-final. I think, did you come in against Chesterfield? Yeah. For a couple of minutes, yeah. Yeah, again, I was I was, I was was probably in the gaffers here, there as well. They're like, get me on, get me on, I'll score goals. But, yeah, I, I probably got about five minutes at the end. Um 
I just again just wanted to get on and play. You know, I, I've always had whenever I've played, I've always had that sort of feeling whether I'm going to score or how many I'm going to score. It doesn't always pay off, but there's just certain games where you just you know one chance, one goal is going to come. Um, and I always had that belief in myself that if I got one clear opportunity, I'd put it away. So I was I was quite good at that. Um, but sometimes it's getting that opportunity. But you know, when you're sitting there from the sideline and opportunities are coming and they're not going, yeah. people aren't putting them in. Then I get frustrated on the bench knowing that, as I, as most players would, I guess you, you sit there going, "I'd have scored that." Yeah, but I, I did have that belief, and you know, when you're on form as well as a striker, it doesn't matter. You could close your eyes and kick the ball. You could face the wrong way and it end up in the net. It's just one of those things that, you know, you you know you're going to score. Um, and I was sitting there just thinking to myself, "Just get me on. I know I'll score a goal." But yeah, five minutes at the end, just it's it's never enough. But it still got on the pitch, I guess. Good looking at that. We well, take the positives out of it, I guess. Yeah, so was that the replay then, the the three 0 victory replay? Or was that the first the first game? So we do three all. I think was it the semi final? Yeah, it was three all in the first one. I was on the bench yeah. for that one. I don't uh, I don't remember getting on in that one. If it, if I did, it was not memorable. Um, but I definitely got on in the, in the second one. I actually wanted to start that one, but it kept the same team and um, yeah, we managed to 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 get the three nil, but. Yeah, I got some minutes at the end of that one. I just wanted to play the full game in that one or, or at least start it. But again, it's Gaffer's choice. It's his decision. He's the man in charge and, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, totally. Um, so, from obviously, from there, um, you moved on to Northampton. I think it was first, first on loan, wasn't it? You played and then you went on loan and then you went there uh, on a yeah, permanent we, transfer. Yeah, so we was um, it was uh, we got relegated uh, we was playing in the, the championship uh, and we was going to, we had Ipswich away and we used to fly down um, to the big games, uh, to, to the games furthest away like Ipswich. So we was flying yeah. there. So I was at the airport and the gaffer phoned me up and asked me if I wanted to go on loan to Notts County. Um, so Sam Allardyce was in charge then. So I said, yeah, because obviously it was back in Nottingham. It was Notts County with dad's team. Uh, I went back to the ground to pick my gear up. One of the scouts asked me if I'd rather go to Northampton as well, who were in a, the league above. It was in a higher league. Um, so I ended up going there instead on loan, um, which then turned into a, a permanent move. But, like, yeah, it was, I didn't want to go, but I did enjoy it at Northampton. I loved it there as well. I had a great time there. It's a bit of a, a bit of a culture shock from going from, from the Premiership uh, and everything that Middlesbrough had to Northampton in League One at the time or Division Two, I can't remember what they call them now. Yeah. Um, but then to go to go there and with being a small club, it was a bit of a culture shock. You get used to what you get used to, and at Middlesbrough we got everything. You know, I only used to carry a, a wash bag around with me at the time, all my kit and everything was always there. And I get to Northampton, I had to go and buy it buy a sports bag and carry my own kit and wash my own kit it was a bit of a culture shock which sounds strange now coming from non-league but yeah. when you spend three years of having everything handed on the plate you know you kind of forget that's it <laughs> it's like these footballers now when they're sort of retired they'll be like well they wonder what to do with themselves will they <laughs> oh no not at all not at all I mean I felt like a trialist the first week I was down at Northampton I kept taking my training kit off and leaving it on the side there to be washed but I, I kept coming in the morning. I never had any training kit. I had to go and see the kit man every day for a week before he told me I had to take it home and wash it myself. Yeah. I was like, oh, right, okay. I keep having def- different training kit every day. Sorry, turn on. So, um, um, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, who was the manager who took you down there then? Uh, Ian Atkins. Ian Atkins. Yeah. Yeah, they just got um, promoted from the League Three. League- League two, division three. What was it? I can't yeah, remember that. It's they've changed a lot of Yeah, like back in the day, it was, uh, <laughs> it was Premier League, then it was uh, division one, two, and three, wasn't it? Yeah, so they got promotion from division three to two um, through the uh, through the playoffs, and they were in the playoffs positions when I when I went there as well. So we 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 made the playoff final that year as well, but unfortunately we lost in that one. Yeah, I think remember a game as well. You played, uh, you scored twice, didn't you, against um, West Ham? Yes. In one of the cup games. 
yeah, we had uh, so we had we had West Ham. Uh, Harry Redknapp was in charge then, so he, he bought he bought his full squad down, bought the full team down. So they had uh, Shaka Hislop in goal, uh, Razor Ruddock was playing, um, Ian Wright, John Artson, Frank Lampard. They they bought everybody down. They had the full squad out, full team out. Um, we beat them two 0 at our place. But then it was uh, they had the second leg at uh, Upton Park. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We lost that 1-1-0, so yeah, we, we still went through. Got Tottenham in the next round. Uh, and then lost to them. But yeah, it was, it was a great period. Really great period. I managed to score twice the two goals that uh, beat them at our place, which was good. I think Gordon McQueen might have been doing the commentary on, because that was live on Sky. I think he was doing the commentary on that one. So I scored a header and apparently he's, he, he didn't even know I could add the ball. Spent three years with him. He didn't even know I could edit. Well, cheers. Yeah, I'm just going to play a little clip here from that actual game. I think it was the highlights of that game. Yeah, it was good. Good header that as well. I was just watching it there. Um, obviously, the first goal. I don't know if you remember the first goal. It was a bit of a bit of a mix-up in defence, wasn't it? I think you hit off the post, then yeah, you you got to tap in. All about being in the right place. It's just like everybody kicked the ball off each other, and then uh, it uh, hit the post, and then I, I smashed it off uh, Shaka's midsection um, from about a yard in. Just hit it as hard as I could, which which managed to go in, and then the the second one was uh, the header. So. I, I jumped Paul Wilkinson, which was a no mean feat. He was about six foot six. So yeah, he came because he, he came to us for uh, that season, actually. Yeah, yeah, he was good in the air as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I managed to beat him to that one, too, which was good. Yeah, so obviously that was a good game for you. So what, what do you remember about the um, sort of the build-up to that game and the first leg where you obviously got when um, Premier League West Ham coming to town. With being on TV as well, yeah, it was again. It was for us. We were we were classed as a long ball team um, all the way building up to that. It's all that got mentioned, you know, that um, they would beat us. We wouldn't be able to use the long ball against them because, you know, they had such a big team with the likes of Pearson and, and uh, Ruddock at the back, and you know they they were huge. Um, but actually, we surprised them. We played football, which just to, you know we could. Um, we got it down and we passed it and, and it worked for us. So it was all about, you know, playing through the thirds, getting the ball out wide and getting balls in the box for us, which we managed to do. And um, we beat them because we had pace in the side. You know, we had Ali Gibb down the right, myself up the top there, Wilco that was uh, was always going to get in and around there and, and, and go and compete with the, the big guys as he's done his entire career. You know, we had pace in the side and, and we had a very strong strong defence so it, it worked really well for us you know we had energy and we had pace and we had our own sort of strengths um, we played completely different so that, that was our whole sort of build up to the game is is to sort of catch them off guard and play completely different to what they think we play you know we although we were classed as a long ball I'd say we were a direct team rather than a long ball team um, but it worked for us you know we managed to get the two goals take it to the second leg um, and then it was just a case of can we hold on or try and sneak another one, which we didn't. Uh, I had one cleared off the line, which I should have scored. But um, yeah, we still went through and managed to go through two one. So it was, it was a great game, great great little period that was. Yeah, so you got, you got the job done. Um, so from Northampton, I mean, you had a couple of years there. You, you went on to Hartlepool. How did the move come to Hartlepool? How did that come about? Yeah, it, it just sort of. You know, it was conversations that, that were going, the rumours, I guess, and I shouldn't have listened to rumours, but 
there was rumours that there were other strikers coming in, which there already had been, and contracts weren't going to get renewed. And I knew, you know, I heard that Arley Paul were interested. It was a deadline, deadline day thing that uh, that happened in the end. Um, but again, it was another another move I didn't really want. Um, but sometimes these things happen, and you end up going. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up at Hartley Paul, and they were in Division Three and battling relegation in Division Three. But again, a great time. I was I was scoring goals. I was playing well, um, and it all come down in the end to us and um, Scarborough. Um, and I scored the two goals that knocked Scarborough basically put Scarborough down and kept us up, which was which was good. It was a good period, but. I guess, unfortunately for me, I was still living in Nottingham then, so I was travelling. So yeah. it didn't do my back any favours. You know, I was spending too much time in the car and sort of went downhill a little bit from there because of the amount of travelling and the injuries I was picking up. It was just it was just one of those things. You know, I don't think I was never going to move back up, um, up that way, having moved back to Nottingham with the kids and the, and the wife and stuff. So I travelled. Just didn't do me any favours, to be honest. So even if I stayed over a couple of days, it's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, and it's not exactly it's twenty minutes down the road, is it? It's a bit of a bit of a trek to get to there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the best thing about it is there was four of us in the car, but you know, I had to drive to Doncaster, which is about an hour away, um, and then pick up a couple of lads, and then we drive up to Weatherby, pick up somebody else, and then drive up to Hartlepool. But that, that's you know. Two hours, just over two hours, I guess, two and a half hours every day it was a bit of a nightmare. I wasn't driving every time. I was still sat in the car every day. Um, but the pre-season was the worst because we trained at Peterley, yeah. which was obviously about another half hour past Hartlepool. So it was literally about six hours in the car for plus the double training sessions we were doing. I was I was in bits. I was in agony all the time. My back, my legs, everything. Hamstrings were going a lot. You know, I was, I was picking up too many stupid injuries which didn't do me many favours yeah and then sort of from there you had a, a couple of spells there I think you went to Cheltenham on loan initially then a couple of spells back in the non-league after that yeah I, I went to um, Cheltenham I had a great time um, I think I played I played five games scored three goals uh, two man matches had a fantastic time they wanted me to stay for another loan but I found out a few years later the chairman actually wanted me to stay permanently and sign me, but he never told me. The uh, the manager just asked me to to come back for another month's loan, which I declined. Yeah. Um, it was more of a case of I would go, I would stay, but I didn't want to constantly be on loan elsewhere. It was I wanted to I wanted to pretty much put down roots if you like, either yeah. be at one place or not. So I went by title. Um, but from there I uh, I went to Shrewsbury. First, I spent a couple of years at Shrewsbury and then that sort of didn't work out so well. Uh, and then back into, uh, actually, I went to Dundalk after that and then I went to Airdrie for a very, very short spell. Uh, they didn't work out either. I think Airdrie was in receivership at the time and Dundalk was a part-time team in uh, in Ireland, but literally on the border of Northern Ireland. So too much travelling. <clears throat> And uh, yeah, and then back into back into non-league really. Yeah, you went back to have a bit of a spell at Arnold Town again, didn't you? you scored a, a couple of goals there again. Yeah, I, I sort of went around the houses a bit. You know, I went to Kings Lane, I went to Wilkeston, I went to um, Forest Green, um, and uh, I sort of ended up. I, I actually didn't. I packed up playing. It was just uh, I, I got to the stage where I was just wasn't enjoying it anymore, so I packed up. Yeah. And then I got talked into going back to Arnold. Um, being as I started there, I sort of went back, scored a few goals there, and ended up getting the manager's job, and managed him for a, for a season or two, which was good, good fun. I enjoyed that. So we didn't do too well as player manager. Um, yeah, and then I sort of enjoyed playing again when I was playing there, which was great. So yeah, just sort of yeah. full circle. Really, it's the only reason I went back just to finish it off. Yeah, did you go there with Martin Carruthers, the ex-Villa right. player? You did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so me and Gandhi went there and um, we spent a couple of seasons playing and then, like I say, we, we managed the team for a spell. Um, 
but it's, again, he's a small club, no money. Everybody wants money. Best players want money. And there was no money at Arnold. It was one of them. So we had to coach, which was great. And we coached him. You know, we got club records and stuff like that and, and won a few things. So it did really well. Um, but I, I, to be honest, I, I just enjoyed playing. So I'd carried on playing for a bit and then coaching on the sideline. Yeah. So what would you say, like, over your career, what would you say is the most memorable game that you've watched as a fan of a particular club or maybe even just as a neutral? Um, just, I think one of the best games I've ever watched would be, um, it would have been the Euros, one of the Euro games with um, Holland and Russia and Van Basten's goal. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Van Basten, he was always my favourite player growing up. Um, I thought it was an amazing player. And to see that game and to see how he performed throughout the tournament and then to tap it off with that goal as well was just uh, just an amazing strike. Probably the best goal I've ever seen. Probably uh, one of the best games I've seen as well. So it was definitely one of the, my favourite games to watch. Yeah, was that that great value scored? I think it was at Euro 88, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, absolutely uh, brilliant goal. <laughs> yeah, unreal. Yeah, you can't oh, take really? that sort of skill, can you, really? <laughs> Not at all. No, it was, it was just a shame as a, uh, a fantastic player that I had, you know, too many injuries and cut his career short. But what a player and uh, what a strike. Unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so was the always the team that you dreamt of playing for then, sort of growing up? Uh, I probably always wanted to play Forest, to be honest, yeah. as a Forest fan. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to play for them. I had a... I had a trial there growing up. I was about, I was 21, actually, when I had a trial at Forest. Um, Frank Clark was a manager, and obviously Frank Clark was part of the European Cup winners. So yeah. I knew him. I knew him as in I knew Frank Clark, but I didn't know Frank Clark. Um, but I spent I spent a week there. They used to they used to get week-long trials. So it was like four training sessions and one reserve game. Um, so I trained with the first team and, and the reserves and, Played a reserve game on the Wednesday, scored once. I think, yeah, scored once in that game in there. Um, uh, but Frank didn't take the offer. He was unsure, he says. I've seen him since and he does regret it. So I'm quite happy with that. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, you can take that um, with you. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, we all make mistakes. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, I'd have loved to have played for Forest, I guess, because obviously I was a, a Forest fan, so that would have been nice. And obviously being my hometown as well, I think it's always nice. You know, when I, I used to speak to uh, Andy Campbell about him being a Borough lad and, and playing for, for Middlesbrough and that, the passion yeah. that he still has now, um, talking about his club and, you know, anything that happens, whether it's signings or games or anything like that, he still has that passion for it because obviously it's his hometown club. Yeah, um, so I've never, I've never experienced that. You know, for me, Middlesbrough, fantastic. Loved it up there. Loved my time up there. Loved living up there. But it's not my hometown club. Same as Northampton, another place. You know, they're not my hometown club. And yeah, that would have been that would have been special. Um, but it is what it is. You know, you got to go somewhere and you play somewhere. And I, I had a, a fantastic career and I enjoyed every minute of it. But yeah. yeah, Forest would have been a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned there some of the clubs you played for. You played with some good strikers. Who would you say was your favourite strike partner? I'd probably have to say Andy Campbell because he killed me if I don't. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but no, I, I, I used to really enjoy playing with Andy because, you know, we were two, two quick players at that time. Um, he says he learned off me. I, I don't know what he learned off me. Um, he said he learned his uh, movement. Um I'll accept that. So I'd probably have to say, yeah, I really, I did really enjoy playing with Andy Campbell. He was, um, you know, he was a great striker um, and he was rapid as well. He was, he was quick as well. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed playing with him there. But I mean, some of the games I played, I used to enjoy playing with the likes of Paul Wilkinson just purely because, you know, He'd get bashed around for me, which was great. You know, he'd go win the headers, he'd hold the ball up and he'd just allow me to run forward, which yeah. was brilliant. And I didn't have to do that. And I didn't get kicked in the back of the legs or kicked anywhere like that. So playing with somebody like Wilco was brilliant as well. But, 
yeah, once once my game started to change, playing with the likes of Andy and that way we had to play down on the floor more rather than having the balls up here all the time. It was uh, it was it was much much better, and I really enjoyed playing with him. Yeah, Wilco was old school, wasn't he? One of them, we'd, he'd get bashed all game, but he'd still get the yeah. step downs and things like that. For you to run to. That was it. It was great for me. I just used to have to run forward in school, <laughs> you know, and then and then the game changes. Um, and you got to play with your back to goal and you got to hold the ball up. You got to link everybody in with the game. Um, and it gets a little bit harder, but to still do that and score goals, you know, it was, it was difficult, especially when you had the likes of Wilco that would do that for you and just allow you to score the goals, which was great. Yeah. But, Everything changes. Absolutely. Uh, so would you say it was the player that you ever played with who you knew would all, would make it at the top, you know, like be a, a really great player? Um, difficult because, oh, to be honest with you, probably... Um... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tommy Miller. Tommy Miller. I played Tommy Miller at uh, Hartlepool. Fantastic midfielder. Always had uh, a lot of potential. I think he went on onwards and upwards. I think he was at Wigan at one spell. Might even have gone to, I'm not sure if he went to Celtic or somewhere. Um, but he started at uh, Hartlepool and he, he did have potential and he had a, he ended up having a fantastic career. Um, couldn't tell you which clubs. I think he had a, a couple. Um, probably not as many as me, but he had a few. Yeah, I know but you had a good uh, spell at um, Ipswich, a couple of spells there. I mean, I've spoken to him. That's right. I mean, he as well. Yeah, you had a good spell at Ipswich playing in the European football and things like that. So Fantastic player. Yeah. Fantastic player. And you, you could always see it. You know, we was fortunate enough at Hartlepool to play with uh, Peter Bearsley. Um, so I think he picked up quite a lot of off, off, uh, bids in, in midfield there, which helped his career going forward. But he was definitely a great player. And, and uh, you know, again, Andy Campbell, I thought he'd have... Um, at Cardiff, I thought he, I know he got the winning goal and stuff at Cardiff, um, but I also know he had a falling out there and probably didn't didn't help his career much. Yeah. But definitely had potential to go uh, probably higher, higher and further and better. It was, it was very, very good. Still good yeah. now, to be fair. I know, yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's got the manager's job now. He's uh, managing back at uh, Spenny Mill Town these days. Oh, is he? Uh, yeah, oh, he's, wow. he's got the job there, yeah. Yeah, McCall. No, he was, he was a, another one, another good player. You know, lots, lots of ability, and you know, like I say, playing with some of the players we played with and training with them. You know, they, you pick up so many things. We picked up loads in training, even off Rav. You know, um, for all of his problems when he first came, he was amazing. For all the issues that he might have had going forward, or he did have going forward when he first came, he was brilliant, and he, he helped. Helped our game. We picked up quite a lot off Rav, yeah. in finishing wise, off the back of him. I, I don't, I don't smash the ball. I place the ball and I pick that up him, off him. So I learned a lot, and I know Andy did as well. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, obviously learning that someone like that was played at the top of his game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a great player. Um, you know, we watched him on. Was it? Uh, the, the Italian show we used to watch, Gazette, not Gazetta. Oh, oh yeah, you mean it was on the, yeah, the Italian, it used to be on a Channel 4, didn't it, back in the That's day? That's the one. Yeah, we, yeah. we literally watched that on the, on the Friday uh, and then he came to us on the Monday. Yeah. And just won the, I think he just won the European Cup with Juventus or something like that. And then he signed for us yeah. on the Monday. Was, he, sc- uh, he scored in the final as well, didn't he? He scored in the final yeah. of the European Cup and then... Next thing he's up Middlesbrough, a bit of a shock. I know, strange, strange. I've been watching him on telly as well, and then there he was. Yeah, so yeah, it was, it was really excited. Yeah. So next question, I'll just say. So, who, if anyone, would you say would you love to have played with either in your era or in the current era? Um. Oh, blimey. Uh, difficult. To be honest with you, I'd, I would have loved to play with. Um, David Beckham, just for his crossing. 
yeah, get on the end of them. You no, know, I, I I thrive off balls in the box, and to have someone like that delivering delivering balls to you, you know, is no wonder uh, Andy Cole and Dwight York scored for fun. Yeah, with somebody delivering balls in the box like that, I'd, yeah, I'd have loved to have been on the on the same pitch. I, well, I was on the same pitch with him, but opposite sides. But yeah. <laughs> I'd have loved to have been on the uh, the same team just to get on the end of some of them crosses. As I, I don't think you can complain if a quality of cross comes in the box. If you're not scoring it, there's only one person that can moan, and that would be Bex. So someone like him would have been would have been fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, who in the modern game would you say is more likely, like like yourself, or with similar attributes and that sort of thing, determination, whatever it is? Uh, I don't know. I really don't. It's uh, I suppose the way the way I look at strikers nowadays, um, everybody wants to score worldy goals. Me, I was happy scoring goals off the post, off tap-ins in the six-yard box. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a different level and he's still playing now um, but Cavani's movement and the, the desire to get on the end of balls now that's how I see myself or how I used to see myself with the sort of movement uh, and just to try and get on the end of everything in that six yard box or 18 yard box you know might not do a great deal outside the 18 yard box work rate Um but desire inside the 18-yard box to be the one to get on the end of the ball, uh, I'd probably look at someone like Cavani, you know, but yeah, he's, he's, he's the next level from me. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, uh, he's definitely the next level from me. I'm too. <laughs> yeah, so who would you say, if any, if anyone, like, would you love to play with, like, alongside maybe in the past or sort of in, like, in this era now? Is there any particular strike partner you'd love to have played with? Oh, I'd have to be Van Basten, yeah. just because he was a hero. And you always, I'd love to play with you know. You want to play with your heroes, and I used to think he was uh, so good heading. I think he used to have everything, you know, left foot, right foot, heading, hold the ball up, dribble, you know, score goals, tap-ins, wildies. Um, I would have loved to. I'd love to have just been on the pitch with him, or I'd love to meet him. Yeah. Um, but to play with him would have been a dream. You know, it was absolutely, for me, I think one of the best strikers I've ever seen. Uh, probably would have been better than most had he had a, a, a longer career. You know, he didn't have a bad career. <laughs> you know, the, the medals and the trophies and leagues that he won in the in the short space that he was playing. But yeah, yeah I'd, I'd have loved to have played with, with Van Basten. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, not, and obviously, um, I mean, football was a bit different back in back in sort of your day. But uh, now with now more than ever, nutrition and fitness and looking after yourself is better the sort of big part of the game, isn't it? And looking after your physical and mental well-being. Uh, oh, was yeah. there any particular sort of training plan or nutritional any sort of thing that you used to follow back in your day? Yeah, we we it was it was fairly new for us, and it was um, it was like it feels like it had just started. You know, when we went to the Riverside, we had uh, we had a cafe, we had a restaurant. Um, we started eating. I say we we started eating um, nutritional food. You know, we was on. I was I was eating my pre-match meal. I still remember it now. It was uh, boiled chicken and pasta, um, which for someone like me, who's uh, you know, mum comes from Jamaica, who loves the spice, yeah, um, to have white chicken and white pasta on a plate, it's just boring. <laughs> You know, I understand the, the point of it. I just couldn't understand there was no taste to it. You know, yeah. I asked for some like sauce, you know, like red sauce, tomato sauce, bolognese sauce, that sort of thing for it. Basically got told by the chef, no, not allowed it, too many calories, too fat. Um, so I basically baked it in pepper instead, just so I could taste it. But um, yeah, so we, we started with all of that. And then it was, you know, the breakfast what we could have and what we couldn't have. We was having tea and toast a couple of hours before kickoffs, you know, uh, toast and marmalade and things like that. You know, it was, it was all, it was all measured. It was all monitored. A little bit different for Clayton Blackmore. who was coming to the end of his career. He was still eating uh, full fry up for breakfast, steak and chips for lunch, you know, while we were all on the pasta and everything like that. So it was, it was still fairly new then. But I guess uh, I think Rav might have had a bit of an influence 
on the sort of food that we was eating when he first come to the club. So we, uh, yeah, it was still, it was, it was fairly new. Um, shocked to some of the older players. Shocked to say some of the older players. It was a shock to me, you know. But uh, I, I get it. I understand it. Just didn't want it. <laughs> it's all right when you're telling somebody else, but when you've got to have it yourself, it's not the best. Yeah, it's I think it's come a long way since just that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's all like sports psychologists and nutritionists and all this these days, isn't it? Totally yeah. different ball game. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, also on the uh, the physical and mental side of things, it's really important to be at your best and give yourself the best chance of success. Is there any sort of tips or advice that you could give like youngsters coming up these days? I mean, it's a different game these days, isn't it? But is there any advice yeah, you could give? Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, for me, I've, I've tried, I suppose since I've got older, you know, I've tried a lot of different things and um, meditation sounds like, a great way. I, 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 I've tried it a couple of times. I found it really helpful. Um, but the way that what I used to do was I just used to go and find a, a, a spot in the change room and just, you know, whether I was listening to music, I just get my head in the, in the right space, you know, and just concentrate uh, on my own game. So I, I used to put headphones in, sit in the corner and just relax. And I think that's, um, it's just a, a way to get away from the noise and any other thoughts and just to concentrate on your own game. Um, and again, for me, it was, I always wanted to not visualise, although somebody did tell me once to try and visualise yourself scoring. I always believed in myself anyway that I would score, so I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, but that was another another tip that somebody told me once about visualising yourself scoring a winning goal, visualising yourself scoring this, that and the other. Um, but for me, I, I just always had a strong belief in my own ability anyway. But you've got to be in the right headspace to do that. Yeah, I never went out with, um, with any negative thoughts, always positive um, and always having a big belief in, in me and my own game. Uh, and that was that was sort of my way at the time without you know without any apps or tools or anything like that it was just something I did myself but I've always classed myself as being fairly mentally tough anyway I suppose it's my own upbringing that got me in that sort of headspace and and trying to keep myself you know calm and relaxed before a game so I never got too pumped up I have done only only once got fired up for a game once um, and I was awful so I've never done it again since so it's always just finding, trying to find a calm corner, really. You know, yeah. even when we had some crazy managers that I've played with, that you know they try and pump you up, they blasting out rock and roll and <laughs> heavy metal in the change rooms again. You to run up and down on the spot, screaming out at the top of your voice like Braveheart. Me, I'd I'd go in a in the shower or in the bathroom and just go and chill out on my own uh, and get my head right for it because that was my way. I didn't need yeah. to do somebody else's way. And I think that's the, the thing you've got to be. Sometimes you've got to do your own thing and stand apart from people and not follow the crowd. This, that was never my way of standing, running up and down on the spot, screaming at the top of my lungs. I just felt stupid, so I never did it. You know, it was just getting my head, head straight and knowing what I needed to do in the game to be the best that I could be. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice, that. Um, and just as we sort of come to the end now, I always like to finish on a bit of a, a, bit of a light-hearted note with a few uh, sort of quick questions. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, go on to the next. So, the first question. So, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? No. Yeah. Hundred percent no. I, yeah. I think my wife will say the same, but I, I, I say opposite to that. So, but that's just me. Um. So, tea bag in milk. So, sorry, tea in. Do you put the tea bag in the tea first, or do you put the milk in? Milk in first. Right, that's opposite to me again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so on the next one, toilet roll on the hall, did you have it over or under? Uh, over. Over, yeah. Uh, favourite meal with your, sorry, favourite meat with your meal, chicken or turkey? Chicken. Yeah, with a bit of spice, obviously. <laughs> oh, definitely. It never um, put me off. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi? Uh, I, li- I like Ronaldo. And match of the day or I'm celebrity? 
hot match of the day. Yeah, definitely. Not according to my wife in my house, so, but match of the day every day of the week, <laughs> if, I, if I could. Definitely. Yep, yeah, yeah. and the final question, if you had the opportunity to go back in time when to when you were playing and have the chance of playing, doing either one of the, changing one of the things, having a longer playing career and making more appearances or being more successful in terms of reaching finals and winning trophies, but having the short career, which one would you choose? Uh, God, probably the um, the longer career. Yeah. Yeah, I just, again, loved playing football. Trophies are a byproduct of that anyways, uh, but for me, yeah, just playing. That's all I ever wanted to do was just play football. Trophies are nice, but yeah, definitely would prefer a longer career. Yeah, it's, it's nice to just to play, isn't it? like back in, back in sort of your area, everyone just wants to play, don't they? they just want to play football. Yeah, oh, definitely. It's non-stop, as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd just like to say thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate your time. Obviously, it was great to hear your story about your career and insight what it's like to be a professional footballer and someone who's played at the top level. So all the best, Chris. Thank you very much for today. Oh, my take pleasure. Out. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very much, mate. All the best. Cheers. Be sure to check back next week for another exciting episode.